I think anybody who ends up up here right after Miss Judy plays, it's always, it is good to have you, Miss Judy. <laughs> God is good. Again, my name is Christy. It is good to have you at Bethel this morning. If you are a guest, we have a little connect card in that front pew pocket. We would love to get to know you um, and, and be able to converse with you a little bit uh, about um, your experience here and, and be able to welcome you back. Um, so we've got that Connect card. You can fill that out, and then we've got an uh, offering plate in the back that you can throw that in at the end of the service. Um, we've got our word for you today. For those of you that don't know what that is, that's a little devotional um, that goes each day, and it's done in quarters. And so we have that book available for you on the Welcome Center if you are looking for a devotional to do um, at some point during uh, the day that is there. Tonight, I am so excited. My son, James, is also very excited. It is our holiday dinner tonight where we celebrate both Thanksgiving and Christmas with all of our church family. James came up to me and he said, I love church dinners. And I'm like, me too, bud. <laughs> I think he likes the dessert table the best. Um, but we would love for you to come and join us for that tonight. There is a sign-up sheet on the foyer. There is still room, of course, for you to come. Just bring something with you. Um, and we will enjoy that dinner together tonight at 6 p.m. in the fellowship hall. Ladies, it is time for the annual Ladies' Ornament Exchange. And I am very excited that we will have some new faces there this year. Um, do not be fooled. Ornament does not necessarily just mean an ornament. I remember my first year going, I was like, that lady brought a bowl. Um, so it can be anything um, where we get to come and just enjoy one another's company and be there with each other. Um, that ladies' ornament exchange is at 5. Uh, we're going to meet here at the church if you're riding the bus at 530. Um, otherwise, we will see you at Miss Linda Clayton's house. If you need that address, just uh, pop over to the Welcome Center. It'll be on that sign-up sheet so you can get that. And finally, we have our Flash Choir that will be on December 16th and for the 17th performance on Sunday. I say performance for our worship on Sunday, the 17th. Um, we will meet at 4 p.m., and uh, practice the music that Matt will have already given us in advance so that we can prepare. Um, and we'll meet at four to go over the music, make sure that we sound decent. Um, and then we will go to Pomodoro uh, Dutch for, for all of us. We'll get to enjoy some time eating together um, at Pomodoro afterwards. Sign up. It is a really fun thing to be a part of. My name's going to go on that list, and so is my husband's. We got a babysitter. We're excited about it, and we'd love for y'all to join. If you can make a joyful noise, if you love worshiping the Lord, put your name on the list. See what the Lord does through it. I'm very excited to introduce you to Pastor Farrell Galloway. He is officially the pastor of Bethel Christian Center. We will have an installment service, of course, so that might have been a little premature, but all that to say, we voted yes, and so we're excited to hear Thanks. from you this morning. It's awesome to be here. <clears throat> this time I brought my whole family. Uh, tonight you'll get to meet my daughters here and the kids ministry this morning. Uh, now, <gasps> there it is. All right, so let me start all over again. It's a good thing we weren't halfway through the message. Um, 
It's awesome to be here with you. A month ago, you all made the wild decision to vote us in as your pastors, so there's no going back now, so here we are. <laughs> uh, my entire family is here, uh, so you'll get to meet our daughters there in kids' ministry this morning. Uh, but it's a joy to be here with all of you, and uh, we look forward for getting a chance to interact with you and everything tonight uh, at the potluck. I love that you called it uh, a holiday potluck, uh, because I was talking with some of the congregants before service earlier, and I said, be honest with me, are you just bringing leftovers from Thursday <laughs> tonight? And they were like, no, no, we're making fresh stuff, you know, because... I, I grew up in a small public school, and by the time Friday rolled around, it was always meatloaf because it was everything that they had served all the other days, just put into one pot and then, you know, cooked, and that's what you had on Friday. And so I was a little worried tonight uh, that some of you might be bringing, you know, like meatloaf surprise or, you know, uh, casserole does it all or something like that, but... I heard that that's not the case, so I'm super, super happy. Um, but it's amazing to be here. My wife and I have found a home that will be our future home here in Durham. We have got a school for our girls, and so we are so, so excited to have all of those important things taken care of. And um, we brought our girls in this week to get to kind of get a feel for their future home because uh, they've never known anything but Jacksonville, and Durham is very different than Jacksonville. <laughs> you know, Jacksonville is the 12th largest city in America, and so there's stuff all the time and everywhere, and it's busy, 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 busy. And so the girls, the, the first thing they did, uh, which I thought was super wonderful, was they asked Larry to blow all the leaves of his yard up into a big pile so they could jump in them because we don't have leaves at our house. You have pine needles or you have, you know, uh, weeds. And so, you know, they've never gotten to jump uh, in, you know, a giant pile of leaves. And so Larry was nice enough that he blew all the leaves from his yard into one big pile. And uh, yesterday they jumped into it over and over and over. So, and it burned out a lot of their energy, which made it easier for me. So, um, it's awesome to have Pastor Don here. Such a joy to see you here. My wife and I have been praying alongside you guys for the restoration of your health and for you to be up on your feet. So when you came through the door this morning, it made my heart so happy. So um, this morning, I want to talk about being thankful, right? It fits with Thanksgiving. It makes sense. Um, but, you know, genuinely, I, I want to talk about three different areas um, of thankfulness in our lives as believers, in our lives as Americans, in our lives in light of everything that's going on in the world around us, right? Because the world is getting hectic and chaotic and crazy, and even in the midst of that, the Lord is still on the throne. His plan is still the plan that's unfolding for all creation, right? None of this has caught him by surprise, right? None of this has thrown off any plan and purpose of the Lord that he's doing. But sometimes in the midst of all of that stuff going on, when you turn on the news and it's 99% negative and 1% commercials, it can wear on you. 
And after a while, you're like, man, Lord, like this isn't easy. What's going on in the world around us? And even as believers, it, it, all these different things can add up to distracting you, to wearing you down, to impacting you in different ways. And so this morning, I just want to take a few minutes together and be thankful to the Lord. Amen? Awesome. My first point this morning in, in areas we should be thankful is thankful for what we have. Right? We live in such a blessed nation. And we were talking with Larry about this, this just a day or two ago. Even difficult situations in America, even those that may be struggling financially, are still some of the most blessed people on the face of the earth. We are still those that are at the head and not the tail. And, and sometimes we can get distracted and, and get to that place where we're looking at what others have around us as opposed to looking at what the Lord has given us. And sometimes it can make us want to be less thankful. It can make us want to like want more of this or want more of that when the Lord's like, no, no, you don't need those things. Right? Didn't Scripture, Jesus in teaching the Sermon on the Mount, right? What did he say? Seek first the kingdom of God and he'll add all these things unto you. Right? If you set your heart after the Lord, if you put him first in your life, he knows how to be an amazing and wonderful provider for what you need. My wife and I are living testimonies of that over and over and over again. Even in, even in coming here to be with you all, the way the Lord has lined up every area of everything that we've wanted and had a desire in our hearts about bringing our family here, the Lord is like, no, I've got this. And so because of that, we're continually thankful to the Lord. But in the book of Psalms, in Psalms chapter 9 and verse 1, it says, I will give thanks to you, Lord, with all my heart. And I will tell of all your wonderful deeds. Come on, Christians, we've got to do better about telling about the Lord's wonderful deeds. Let me just say that to us this morning here as a community at Bethel. This is something that I hope and believe becomes a thing that sets us apart from other churches in this city and in this nation is that we are constantly sharing with others in our community about how thankful we are for what the Lord has done, for his wonderful deeds. Years ago, the, the Lord laid it on my wife and his heart to begin this. At the time, I thought it was honestly silly, but now I'm so thankful that we do it. The Lord laid it on our hearts to start um, this little thing that we call a memory jar. Some of you may know it. Some of you may do it. We have a glass jar. It's an old mason jar that sits on the counter in our home. And any time we do something that's unique, we do something that's fun, we do something that's special, we write the date and we write it on a piece of paper and we fold it up and we drop it in the jar. And to begin the next year, as a family, we'll go and sit in a little donut shop or coffee shop and we'll pour those pieces of paper out and one by one we go around and read all the things that we're thankful for that the Lord did for us in the last year. And that's how we begin the next year, reflecting on the things of the Lord. And let me tell you, there are times when some of the things in that jar have been difficult. Years ago, one of the memories that was in that jar, we had prayed over friends of ours to conceive that had been unable to conceive. And they got pregnant and were so excited. And that was in the jar. And then they lost that baby. 
And when we got that first slip of paper and my wife and I read it, we were like, oh my gosh, like, do you remember when, when this happened? But then something else dawned on us was somewhere in the rest of those slips of paper, within the same calendar year, that couple got pregnant again and they now have an amazing little girl because of that. And my wife and I were like, oh, that's in here somewhere, right? Even though we were thankful for something that the Lord had done that in the end didn't turn out the way we thought it was going to, there was another moment of thankfulness still coming down the line. That in the first moment, we hadn't seen the other one yet, but it was there and it was coming, right? And the big, why? Because the Lord's good. Goodness is the nature of the living God. And scripturally, he shows that to us as his sons and daughters. Jesus shows that to us as his bride over and over again. He shows us those wonderful deeds. He shows us that goodness. And we're so thankful for it. My wife and I this year had wanted to take our daughters to, to Disney. It's something that, that we had a desire to do, and I know some people have a difficult time with Disney. My six-year-old doesn't understand things that go on behind the scenes. She just knows that she really loves that mouse and the girls with like the powers to freeze things. You know what I'm saying? Like That's all my six-year-old knows. And my wife and I had looked into it, and it was so expensive when we were like, it's not gonna work out to, to be able to do that this year, you know? And then I got a call from one of my spiritual daughters who is an actress with Disney now. And she's fallen in love and she's met this amazing young man, a fellow believer they met in a church. And she called me and she said, I want you to come and meet him. And I was like, I don't know how it's gonna work out. And she said, what if I get all of your family tickets to Disney? And she's like, will you come and meet us in the park? And I was like, well, I mean, if, if that's, you know, if you're going to do that, I mean, I can't not come, you know. And so she did. She blessed us this year with tickets. And not, not only tickets, but she literally got the girls like behind the scenes things to go into the castle and to do one-on-one -on -one meetings with characters and these different things. And my wife and I were like, we could never have done this on our own. We could never, but the Lord knew he knew and he wanted to bless us in that way because we had been faithful in these different areas and in these different ways. And so when we, when we left, we were like, thank you, Lord, that you made a way and did this. You provided, you took care. You blessed us in a way that we couldn't even have imagined. We, we went to the Grand Canyon earlier this year and in going out, my wife was like set on going to the Grand Canyon, and she was so excited about it. And you gotta understand, like, our six-year-old, our 10-year-old, they're so different. You'll get to know them. You'll discover soon. Our six-year-old is very outspoken. She's very strong-natured. <clears throat> and we're sitting, watching the sunset in the Grand Canyon, right? And my wife and I are so thankful. The Lord has made a way for us to go out and, and we were glamping. We were staying in this tent just outside the park in a teepee. It was so cool. And we're sitting and we're watching the sunset over the Grand Canyon. My wife and I are like holding hands. We're just enjoying this moment. And our daughter, I'm, I'm here, my wife's here. And our daughter just leans her head up between the two of us and goes, when are we leaving? It's so dusty here. <laughs> and my wife, holding my hand, just turns and looks at her like this and goes, go sit down. <laughs> Because there are moments, church family, 
when you're in a place of thankfulness and you see what the Lord is doing and someone else doesn't see the same thing the same way. And you can be celebrating the awesomeness of the Lord. You can be celebrating the hand of God and someone else around you may look at the exact same thing and have a completely different perspective. You can't allow their view of what the Lord is doing in you, to you, and through you to change your view of what the Lord is doing in you, to you, and through you. You have to hold and maintain that thankfulness to the Lord because others may not understand it. And I know we just celebrated Thanksgiving this week and most of you growing up in school probably had the picture of the pilgrims and the indigenous Native American people and you celebrated by putting feathers on a turkey and a felt board or drawing a picture or whatever. But I don't know how many of you in here actually know what the first Thanksgiving was. I, I hope that you know the history. But if not, I'm gonna, I'm gonna read it to you in just a minute from William Bradford's journal. Because you see, things weren't going well for the pilgrims. They had lost half of the population in over winter. There, there was sickness in the community, and now they had gone through spring, they had planted, and they were hit with a summer drought that in the eyes of the pilgrims had killed everything they had. They were not going to make it. And so as a people, they got together and called a fast. It's literally what happened. They called a fast, and they said, we have to fast and pray because we will not make it if God doesn't move. And I, and I want to read to you 1623 from William Bradford's journal. It says this, and he wrote, it has been a time of great distress. So we have set apart a solemn day of humiliation to seek the Lord in fasting and fervent prayer. And the Lord has been pleased by us. He has given us a gracious answer for this morning as the day went it began hot, and the weather still, as in no wind, quiet. Yet as the evening came, there came a rain, sweet and gentle, and it brought us great rejoicing before the Lord. It didn't come with wind, with thunder. It wasn't too heavy or of great abundance, but it was just right that the earth was wet. And afterwards, the showers have continued. And so we have decided, looking ahead unto a fruitful and liberal harvest, to set apart a specific day, a day of thanksgiving to God for answering our fast. That is thanksgiving. That's the thanksgiving day that we celebrate. Set in place by Abraham Lincoln, and I'll read his proclamation in, in just a moment about that. But isn't it so amazing that the pilgrims set apart that day of being thankful because of the Lord? Because the Lord had answered in fasting and prayer and met their need. So I'm thankful. I'm thankful for what I have for what the Lord has done for me. Number two, I'm thankful for where I am. I'm thankful for where I am. I've had the joy of traveling the world. 
And I can tell you, I am so thankful that I call America home. I'm thankful that I get to live in the cities and the states and in the nation that I get to live in. But I live here largely because of the foundation that this nation was established on, and that was a foundation of following God. The heritage of America is one that has been built in the principles of following the Lord. And Scripture actually makes it really clear to us that because of that, right, we're supposed to be thankful for this while being thankful for the Lord. Right? 1 Timothy chapter 2 tells us in verses 1 through 3, I urge them, first of all, that petitions, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for all people, for kings and all those in authority. Woo! That steps on some people's toes, right? Because they don't want to be thankful, and they don't want to pray, and they don't want to intercede for some authorities, but they do for others. When Scripture tells us we should do that for all authority, right? For kings and all those in authority, that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. This is good and pleases God our Savior. It pleases the Lord when we're thankful because the Bible tells us there is no authority except that which God has established. All authority has been set in place by the Lord for one reason or another, right? Authority serves a purpose, Right now, the authority I see going on in my nation only leads me to be more of a man of prayer for my country. It only leads me to be more of a man attempting to witness and call people to a place of repentance because of what's going on in the nation around us because I see the timeline. I see what's happening, right? You can't look at what's going on in the Middle East right now and not understand the day and the hour that we're living in. The time is getting thinner. It's getting shorter. The day of the Lord is drawing nearer. And so when I'm in prayer, I'm praying for Durham. I'm praying for Jacksonville. I'm praying for America that the Lord would move in this nation. We just saw glimpses of it with Asbury earlier this year with a great move of God there that spread into other universities all over America where college students were baptizing each other in the fountains on their campuses. It was happening at Auburn. It was happening at, in Texas. It was happening all over the country. I had pastor friends that were a part of it in different cities, and they were telling me, this is real. We have college students getting saved, leaving lifestyles that have previously been so unbiblical and turning their hearts to the Lord. And you know what? I, I was so thankful because parallel to the chaos going on, God was on the move. And he was on the move not just in older adults, he was on the move in young adults. He was on the move in future leaders' lives, setting principles in place in their hearts. And that's what I long to see. And so I'm thankful for where I am. I'm thankful for the nation that I have the joy of living in. I'm thankful for the city I get the joy of living in. So far, I've really fallen in love with Durham. And I look forward to seeing it more and more because there's a lot of it I haven't seen yet. But one of the things that I love most about it is I can tell you if there's a city that's ripe for a move of God, it's this one. Because you can't walk the streets of this city and not see the issues and the agenda of the day in your face. 
You can't hear about governmental choices right now happening all, you know, here in North Carolina and not know that this is a place ripe for a move of God. Because, listen, the driest things, they catch fire the easiest, right? And, and there is a lot of dry stuff happening right now in the Raleigh-Durham area. So why not set fire to it? with the presence of the Lord, with a move of the Holy Spirit, with souls being saved, lives being changed, families being restored, and then be thankful to the Lord because he knew this was the day and hour that this was available for us as a community. The Lord knows the end from the beginning. And when the Lord laid it on my wife and I's hearts to turn that application in to here, to this city, to this house, we knew the Lord had something in store for us. Because I will unashamedly tell you, I'm a child of revival. My heart burns for it. I'm thankful to the Lord that I got to be a part of the Brownsville outpouring. And if you don't know what it was, I challenge you to look it up. For, for two and a half, almost three years, I was in church every night of the week because there was nowhere else I wanted to be. People started lining up at 6 a.m. for the doors to open at 6 p.m. And they sat in the parking lot and waited for that opportunity to be in that sanctuary. And then when the altar call was made, they would run to the altar to repent. Missionaries sent out all over the world. One of my classmates was a martyr in the Middle East coming out of being saved in that move of God. Died spreading the gospel in a Muslim nation. His wife and kids were smuggled out to protect them by a special ops U.S. military team to get them out of the country. He laid his life down as a child of revival, thankful to the Lord for what he had been a part of, but willing to take it to the ends of the earth. Hallelujah. That's what my heart longs for. That's what my heart burns for on the inside. That's who I am by nature. I, I, the old saying, like people that burn the candle at both ends, I probably burn the candle at both ends and down the middle, like to my own detriment sometimes, but my heart longs for that. My heart longs to see that here in this community and in Durham. I want it to overflow to other churches, right? To where people can pick numerous houses of worship on Sunday morning and there is revival fire burning in all of them. Where they're hearing the pure and right and true word of God shared. That's what I long for. And so I'm thankful. I'm thankful that even in a city when at times it's difficult, we still have the freedom to worship the Lord. I'm thankful that we still have the joy of following God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength right here in this town. But looking back on Thanksgiving and that day we just celebrated, I just want to read to you the proclamation that was made establishing Thanksgiving as a national holiday. October 20th, 1864, by the President of the United States of America, a proclamation Listen to, listen to this. It has pleased the Almighty God to prolong our nation's life, defending us with His guardian care against unfriendly design from abroad and bringing us in His mercy many victories over the enemy, sometimes even the enemy in our own household. It has pleased our heavenly Father to favor our citizens in their homes and our soldiers in their camps 
and those on the river or at the sea. He has largely augmented our population by emancipation and immigration. He has opened new sources of wealth to us and crowned the labor of our workmen in every department of industry, and we have abundant reward. He has been pleased to inspire our minds and our hearts with fortitude, courage, and resolute sufficiency for the civil war into which we have been brought as a nation. He has caused freedom to humanity and afforded us reasonable hope of deliverance from danger and affliction. So now, therefore, I, Abraham Lincoln, President of the United States of America, do hereby appoint and set apart the last Thursday of November as a day I desire to be observed by all citizens, where it may be a day of thanksgiving and praise to the Almighty God, the creator and ruler of the universe. I do further recommend that our citizens on that occasion reverently humble themselves with penitent and fervent prayer and supplication to the great disposer of events for the return of blessings, peace, union, and harmony in this land that he has assigned us a dwelling place. In testimony, wherefore, I have set my hand with the seal of the United States of America to be affixed, done this day in the city of Washington on the 20th of October, 1964, in the independent United States of America, Abraham Lincoln. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. Not just a day of thanksgiving, a day of thanksgiving and fervent prayer. A day to reflect back on what the Lord has done for us. And to this day, that is still what thanksgiving is to me. It's still a day. Our family, we didn't do thanksgiving this year in the atypical way because we wanted to be here with you all. And so we spent all day Thanksgiving driving <laughs> to be here because when you have a six-year-old, there's a lot of potty breaks <laughs> when you're driving anywhere. And so, it, the, you know, Google Maps said seven and a half hours. I think we did it in ten and a half. <laughs> but along the way, we stopped at the only restaurant that was open, Cracker Barrel, <laughs> to have Thanksgiving meal. <laughs> and we sat down and, you know, we ordered, and it was the most untraditional Thanksgiving. One of my kids had pancakes. One of my kids just had a plate of green beans because that was all she wanted. I had breakfast food, and my wife was the one that stuck with tradition and had, you know, sweet potato casserole and turkey and dressing. And, you know, she was like, somebody at this table has to be a little bit traditional. But then as we were driving, when we got back in the vehicle, Sharon said to the girls, I want you to take turns and give me five things you're thankful for with our family. And the girls took turns and like shared the different things that they were thankful for as we were driving along. And, it, and it, it brought such joy to my heart. Because my youngest, of course, she was like, I'm thankful for my mom and my dad. I'm thankful for my puppy. I'm thankful, you know, and I was like, it's, it's wonderful. But then my older daughter, 
She was like, I'm thankful for the Lord Jesus. I'm thankful for the Holy Spirit. I'm thankful for God. And she like just, she went so spiritual <laughs> with it. And I was like, this is literally a child cut from my like bones, you know? <laughs> like she just, she went right in the deep end of the pool with her thankfulness. But it, it, it brought such joy to me to hear the two perspectives of my daughters in our vehicle as we're following the call of the Lord in our family to be here with all of you and the things that they were thankful for. And it, and it makes me thankful. It makes me thankful all the more to see the hand of the Lord in all of these different pieces. And that leads me to number three. I'm thankful for who he is. I'm thankful most of all for the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. I'm thankful for the blood of Jesus that has covered all of my foolish sins. I'm thankful for the Holy Spirit that was present in this place this morning, even giving us a word of the Lord to remind us to be attentive in this day and hour. That even in a season of thankfulness, we should remember that there are those around us right now whose names are not written in the Lamb's Book of Life. As we're thankful to the Lord for what he's doing, there are those around us that don't know to be thankful in that way. And so I look unto the Lord. And this morning, I came in with thankfulness in my heart, right? Psalm 100 and verse 4, enter his gates with thanksgiving. Enter his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. I had the great joy a couple of years ago of going to Israel. And I hope as things settle down there to plan a trip in the next year or two for our church family and those that want to go to get to go to Israel. Because it is life-changing. But as you are going up the steps to where the temple used to be, it's unusual Because some steps are long, some steps are short. Some steps are high, some steps are low. And I I asked our tour guide, I said, was this the only rock they had? Like, these steps are like crazy. And they said, no, no, that was intentional. And I was like, why? Like, why would they do that? And they said, they did that so that no one would rush into the presence of God. They had to be intentional about the journey they were making to go through that gate. And I was like, oh my gosh. Like you see so often in church nowadays, people blow in, they blow out, they show up late, they leave early. Why? Because church is just another thing that they have in the midst of all their things. It didn't used to be that way, right? When the, when the people of God were going up those steps, they couldn't rush in, they couldn't rush out. They had to be intentional about going in and they had to be intentional about leaving lest they stumble and fall. And I think it's that way for us today. There needs to be, as we enter in together in corporate worship and and times together, there needs to be that intentionality, the joy of fellowship here in worshiping the Lord, the joy of fellowship in receiving a word from the Lord. Because the worship is just as important as the word. We enter his courts with thanksgiving, we enter with praise. So many people nowadays, they just want to enter in to receive a word. They don't necessarily want to enter in with praise. Why? Because they've been so hectic and what's been going on in their lives that by the time they get to church, they're barely making it. They're like gasping to get in. And so they rush in to receive when actually what would give you the most life would probably be coming in and just worshiping God. 
coming in and telling him how amazing he is, how wonderful he is, how thankful you are for everything that he has done for you. That would probably actually give you more life today than this word I'm sharing right now because that's a personal thing with you and God. That's your connection with him directly. That's not me connecting with him for you. And so when we enter in, it should be with thankfulness. And for some of you, it may have been tough to get here today. It might, you may be going through a lot in your life, but there's still so much you have to be thankful for. And number one on that should be the blood of Jesus, the death and resurrection, the ascension to know that right now he sits at the right hand of God praying for you. You have a personal intercessor that's helping you through what you're going through, and it is the living son of God. And that makes me thankful. Psalm 136, it says in verses one through three, give thanks to the Lord for he is good, right? Number one, give thanks just because he's good. Give thanks to the God of gods. His love endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord of lords. His love endures forever, right? We give thanks to the Lord because he's good. We give thanks because his love endures forever. We give thanks because he is who he is. We should be thankful to the Lord just for being who he is. Because the Bible tells us he's patient, not wanting any to perish, but all to come to eternal life. He's watching. The Bible says that he knows the hairs on your head. He knows if a sparrow falls to the ground and dies. So how much more does he care about you? If that's the way he cares, why wouldn't we be thankful to him? Even when we're going through difficult things, why wouldn't we be thankful? Let us lift up the name of the Lord and worship him for all he's due, just simply for who he is. I find it interesting that, you know, if you read the book of Job, Job always thought, like, if I just get a minute with God, I'll get the answers to all life's issues. And when the Lord finally showed up in the second half, He'd never once answered any of Job's questions. No, no, God showed up and what did he say? I have some questions for you, Job. And Job was like, oh, here it comes. <laughs> and God's like, where were you when I built the storehouses that hold snow? Yes. Where were you when I created the animals of the earth that no man can control? Where were you? Right? And by the time God gets done, what is it? it says Job put his hands over his mouth and was like, woe is me. Right? I shouldn't have even thought about questioning the God of heaven and earth. But you know what's so amazing is the Lord never held the struggle against Job. Never once in scripture did God rebuke Job for having questions and difficulty. He never went after Job and said, Job, you were wrong for this or you're wrong for that. No, no, no. The Lord showed up and he showed Job who he was and Job didn't care anymore. Job didn't care anymore about getting his questions answered. He saw the God of gods. He saw the Lord of lords. He saw the King of kings, and everything else paled in comparison. And then, in the end, the Lord blessed Job beyond measure. Everything doubled except for his children returned an equal number. Why? Because God is good. And even when we're in difficult situations, even when we're struggling, God is good. Matt, if I could get you to come back up to the keys for me. I've just got one more verse and I want to close with this this morning because I think it's important because I open talking about like what's going on in the world around us and, and our world is hectic and chaotic and, and crazy 
People can hardly carry on a conversation nowadays and disagree with you without losing their temper or all these different things. Like we live in a world that is anxious. We live in a world that is unsettled. We live in a world that is chaotic. But that's not us. Nor should it be us. And the Lord challenges us to be different. And he does that in Philippians chapter 4. In Philippians chapter 4 and verse 6 it says, don't be anxious about anything. About anything. I love everything fits in the category of anything. <laughs> Don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Don't be anxious, but come to the Lord by prayer and petition with thanksgiving. And then allow the peace of God to come over you and to be with you and to show you that the Lord is with you, the Lord is for you, the Lord is on the move even when you don't understand it. He's good. He's good. He knows no other way to be. And that goodness should bring us peace. That goodness should remove anxiety. I remember in the height of the situation with COVID, going into that, my wife and I had sought the Lord repetitively about our oldest daughter. You know both of our daughters are adopted. We had sought the Lord and sought the Lord and sought the Lord about some connection to our oldest daughter's family. And had not, it just hadn't happened. We had done everything in our power to make it happen, and it had not happened. And I remember one night putting Finley to bed, and she was crying because Sharon and I had done all that we could, and it hadn't worked out. And then COVID happens, and it's, the world is in chaos. And in the midst of that, one day I get a random email at my office. My wife and I, a couple of days before, had stood in our kitchen and said, God, we've done everything we can do. We can't do anything else. You have to help. It's got to be you, Lord. A few days later, this random email shows up in my church email box. And it asks, did you adopt a little girl from this adoption agency? And I responded back and said, we did. And the next email said, I believe we have adopted your, sister, your daughter's brother. And then it was a phone number. Can you call us? And I called my wife who was at dance practice with our daughter. And I said, I think the Lord has just done something crazy for us. And Sharon called and come to find out a pastor and his wife in California had adopted their son from Jacksonville. And when they had adopted, the birth mom showed them a photo of the child that she had placed for adoption, a photo of our daughter, and had just mentioned her name. And that wife, that pastor's wife, held onto that in her heart and said, God, if there's a way, I'm going to find that little girl so our son can know his sister. And she searched for months to find us and succeeded. In the height of COVID, succeeded and called. And I said to my wife, we have 
to get you and our daughter out there to meet them. And my wife was like, people aren't traveling, planes aren't flying, the country is shut down. And I said, I don't care. The Lord has done this for us. And so we found a flight so cheap because no one was flying. <laughs> and we booked a flight for my wife and daughter and they flew to California. Restaurants weren't open. They was, it was crazy at that point in America. But you know what? Our daughter got to sit with her brother for days uninterrupted and develop relationship. So in the height of something that was causing chaos and anxiety everywhere else in us, it was causing thankfulness because the Lord had made a way where there seemed to be no way. And when everyone else was like, you shouldn't do it, you shouldn't do it, we had total peace from God that passed our understanding. And it had guarded our heart and our mind and we knew the Lord was for us and with us in that situation. And we did it. And every year since then, we have vacationed with that family somewhere. We've gone to them, they've come to us, we've gone to them. And there is such a relationship now with our adopted daughter and her brother who has also been adopted by an amazing family in full-time ministry like us. And they get the joy of living life together. And we are so thankful to the Lord for that. But what God did for us, others didn't understand. We had well-meaning Christians telling us, oh, you, you probably shouldn't do this right now. Oh, you, you probably shouldn't. Like, this is probably not a good idea. But we knew what the Lord had done. And we knew the voice of the Lord speaking to us about the timing. And we trusted God with that peace. And so this morning, I want you to stand with me. I just want to pray over you. I want to pray over you that as you go from this place today, as we come back in here again tonight, there is such thankfulness in us that we get to come together and have this amazing time of fellowship and potluck and, and enjoy our time with each other, that we get to leave here and live in a city that has everything we could have want of. We get to go to homes where you have probably more channels than you need, a phone with more technology than you need, a vehicle with more than you need. You know what I mean? Like we are so blessed. And so I want us to be so thankful. And so Lord, I pray over everyone here today that in the house of Bethel, here in Durham today, Lord, we would be a thankful people. We would be thankful, Lord, that our pastor is on the front row. We would be thankful, Lord, that you blessed us this week to be with family and friends. We would be thankful, Lord, that we get to come into this place tonight and fellowship with one another. We would be thankful, Lord, that you have us in just the right jobs and just the right community and just the right time. That we would be thankful for everything you've done in us, to us, and through us. And that, Lord, when we're not sure what you're doing, when anxiety might try to arise in us, that we would come to you with prayer and petition and thanksgiving for all the things you've done, that we would lay our requests before you and we would have the peace of God that passes understanding. We would have a peace that guards our heart and our mind and we would be able to walk in that peace knowing if you be for us, what good does it do any to be against us? Knowing that you are the God of gods, the Lord of lords and the King of kings. And so we thank you for it today. We thank you, Father, 
for sending the Son. We thank you, Jesus, for sacrificing yourself and pouring out the Holy Spirit. And we thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are present in every person in this place. And we are thankful of your plan and purpose for each and every one of us.